Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. And Lee. No Chris tonight, he is um, otherwise occupied. I think, the, I think they're making him work. Good lord. Fuck, there was nearly no us then, was there? <laughs> yeah. Cables galore. Yeah, t- two weeks away and we've had God knows how many technical issues in the last half hour. Well, we can all hear each other. Amsterdam was brilliant, by the way. If you haven't been, go. If you live there, I'm jealous. I would not recommend. I would not recommend coming back with the native uh, throaty chesty infection. That was thoroughly unpleasant. Ah, the one that's left you flat out for the last two weeks. Yes, not not recommended. Other other than that, though, fantastic place. Was it the scenery, the food, the drinks, the The people, the cheese? Oh, the cheese. The cheese, the cheese is to 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 die for. Um, I I heard a fucking hilarious thing the other day. My, my, I was speaking to my friend who lives in um, Tennessee, and uh, he was talking about the, like his state and how many people are people are in it and stuff. And he said, "Look, he said you Europeans said you don't you don't fucking understand. He says you don't understand how big America is and how how big the states are." He said, here, you can drive for like 18 hours and you're basically in the same place. So you drive for 18 hours and everyone speaks funny and the cheese is different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've now now got a fridge full of Dutch cheese. Turns out it does (laughs) does survive a flight back. And of course, while we were away, within within minutes of um, releasing the last podcast two weeks ago, Monday fucking news. it's... It's fucking typical. I, I genuinely don't think the uh, it's it's ever since we fucking broke protocol with Rosberg and we did the emergency podcast when <laughs> yeah. he retired. Since then, the fucking universe has like gone against us. It's like we've set a precedent that we just can't keep up with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, before we had the uh, we had the late show a um, couple of days late, and then Vettel goes and announces his retirement the day after that comes out. Mm-hmm. Rude, inconsiderate. This time, record record the show on a Sunday. Monday morning, nine o'clock, got an alert on my phone, looked at it, and I thought, well, that's any chance of relaxation this week gone for a Burton. Well, do you know what the shit thing is about that? It's only because we forgot to do the silly season uh, prediction. We'd have had it covered because I predicted <laughs> Alonso was going to go to... Um, Aston Martin, like two days prior to that, for the exact reasons he went for like stability of co- of contract, and we were gonna have a silly season talk, couldn't we? Weren't we? And then, and then we, we just forgot. we just forgot or ran out of time or went on holiday. So yeah. so the timeline goes like this: Monday morning after the podcast comes out, nine o'clock, Alonso is announced as joining Aston Martin next season. Mm-hmm. Now, we weren't the only people to find out at nine o'clock on Monday morning that this was happening, because that was when Otmar Schaffnauer found out as well, apparently. <laughs> apparently so. And he was only talking to Fernando Sunday night. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? I, I think it's more, because I know Alpine are trying to play the sort of victim card here a little bit, aren't they? But you you kind of got to... Re- blame a little bit on Alpine here when in the space of like 48 hours they lose their star driver and their future star driver or like very near or we think we think that's going to be all fucking cast iron for McLaren and done I I feel there's some negligence on the side of Alpine it raises questions about the culture doesn't it that Fernando Alonso didn't even feel obliged to say, look, this is the decision I've made, it's going to be public tomorrow, just so you know. 
Yeah. Well, the rumor is that um, they offered Alonso a year contract with an option on their side for less money than Esteban Ocon is on a year. Yeah, I, don't, I can't see that he would have gone for that somehow. No, it just seems... I, I think the the biggest insult, I think, that uh, that comes from that would be... Because I, I know what people are going to say, especially the ones that don't like Alonso. They're going, yeah, but he hasn't had the results. And you go, yeah, yeah, but the car keeps fucking blowing up and Schumacher drives into the side of him. <laughs> um, so the the thing is, if it, if it would have been like poor performances on his side, like Daniel Ricciardo, for instance... I could understand it, but when basically you've got less points, like when we, we had the discussion, didn't we, of how probably about 40 to 50 points have gone begging for Alonso because of um, Austin Martin slash Schumacher issues. Mm. Um, I, I don't see their point of trying to knock his wages down. But it did take half a dozen races for him to get more championship points than penalty points. Well, this is true. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I like... Ugh. I think it's really weird because obviously I have a I have a vested interest in Mr. Alonso's career. Um but when when he came back to Alpine, everyone went, It's fucking ridiculous, what's he come back to Alpine for? And he himself said, I've got more chance of winning if I'm on the grid than if I'm not on the grid was his, was his sort of response to him joining Alpine. And now all of a sudden he's left Alpine and everyone's going, I can't believe he's leaving Alpine. And you go, I thought you thought it was fucking stupid and joining the team. <laughs> yeah, but, um, he's now, but he's now got more chance of winning not being on the grid than he has in an Aston Martin at the minute. I disagree. <laughs> I think I think, I think think there is more chance of Aston Martin overtaking um, Alpine next year than there is of Alpine moving forward towards the front of the pack. Yeah, but McLaren have helped him move forwards to the front of the pack. Well... McLaren have helped Alpine move forwards to the front of the pack this year. <laughs> a little bit. But the, you, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, Alpine feel like they're in the position they're always in, where they build a half-decent car that kind of works everywhere to a certain extent. Well, I don't know. The, end, this... the Endstone team for the last 15 years, the position it's been in is either has Alonso or is waiting for Alonso to come back. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when you look at the team that um, Aston Martin's put together, you know, when you look at the designers that have gone in, the engine people, um, the the facilities that are going to come online next year, I I feel it's 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 a better gamble if you if you're going to gamble on a team because that's essentially what um, Alonso's doing. He's gambling on a works team, but it will be an underfunded works team in um, Alpine. If he's going to gamble on them producing a car that can win races, I think the better gamble is to go with the team which has got the financial input. Which is all fair enough, but um, it's already been discussed about the uh, about the toxic atmosphere at Silverstone, mm-hmm. and you know Otmar leaving because there can't be two popes. Yep, I think that you know that was that was his quote, and struggling to understand a car that they've basically copied from other teams. Not this year, the Green Bull. Yeah, I mean, no, it's got it's got extra, it's got sort of Red Bull inspired flex, but yeah, I think they it's decided no- it sort of looks a bit like it, but actually, in the way yeah. it functions, it's not it's not that similar. Yeah, one's fast, it- one's fast and scores points; the other one is green. 
it's yeah but what have you got I, i'm not sure i don't know um i mean we, when you look at what that team has done over the years um it's maybe they've got, maybe because it's the, because they've got too much money could be i mean, I, th- I genuinely think it's just restructuring i think that's all it is and i don't know if um alonso is going to be around long enough to reap the rewards of the restructure but Again, I just think it's a better opportunity. It's 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 a better place for him to go. And that's the thing. If he goes there and it's another McLaren situation, he probably will leave Formula One, and that'll be the 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 end of him leaving Formula One for good. But um, I don't see Alpine giving him what he wants. I think I think if they were if Alpine were going to give him what what they wanted, what he wanted, they'd have done it straight away this year with the new regs. All they've done is held their position in Formula One. They've held that Renault. Are they best of the rest or are they slightly off best of the rest? But the thing is, they're not, they're, the team weren't prepared to take a long punt on him, which, I mean, at his age, you can understand. 40 is now old for an F1 driver. It didn't used to be. Yeah, I don't know. I think the... It's almost sort of come back into fashion, hasn't it? With like yeah. Kimi and obviously now Alonso and Schumacher when he came back. It's sort of, mm. yeah, it, it's, it sort of is a, it's not quite gone away, the idea of the 40 plus driver. I think what we had was, what we had was the Vettel effect. Mm. Um, when Vettel came in and he was mega fast at Toro Rosso, mega young, very much like Max Verstappen. Um that paved the way for like the youth push mm. into Formula One. Um, I don't necessarily think that means that. I, I, I don't think that means that, that a driver's career is over. We, we're seeing all across sport, and probably mostly to do with sports science than anything else, that it's it's less about the body giving up and more about the mind. So if you've still got a, an athlete which is driven for success, which wants to do it, I, I, I don't see Fernando being 40 and, I don't know, Max Verstappen. Is Max Verstappen 20, 21, something like that? I don't know how, how old Max is. I think um, he's I, slightly I, older now. I think he'll be 25 this year, I think. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see that gap in age being such an issue in Formula One now. It, but again, it's it's all about drive. It's if you look at um, Kimi Raikkonen, for instance, or um, Sebastian Vettel. Like Sebast- Sebastian Vettel hasn't retired because he's too old to be in Formula One. He's retired, and he's not retired because he can't drive a car anymore. He's retired because his head's gone. Mm-hmm. I think as well the other sort of difference between now and the peak of the Vettel era that was a very driver weight dependent era so like john eric verne talked about the fact because of his height he could never he was always struggling for weight um and had to be sort of you know unhealthily skinny for his height whereas obviously as well for older drivers that becomes an issue maintaining the weight but not so much now yeah so john eric verne's an odd one there though i mean because that you whenever whenever i hear that sort of thing i always think jensen managed it it depends like six, on your six, sort six, of one. your your biology, though, doesn't it? Some I people are sort so, of naturally yeah. will naturally build mm. lean muscle, whereas some people need a bit more. Yeah, uh, f- the, yeah, bulk 
behind the muscle. Like Montoya, for instance. Montoya, yeah. well, Montoya would never have been a thin driver. He no. was just a stocky character. Yeah, no, that's fair. But um, no, I think it's interesting. I think it's it's again, it's uh, Alonso proven that at a whim he can make the entire Formula One world talk about him, regardless of where he is on the grid. <laughs> Well, yes, because the next thing that happened was Alpine go and announced Oscar Piastri will be joining them next year. News to Oscar Do, Piastri. Uh, well, the um, I think the funny thing here is is that uh, I think there's been some. <laughs> I think these two have worked this out together because you've got Fernando Alonso, which used to be um, managed by Flavio Briatore, mm-hmm. Mark Webber, that used to be managed by Flavio Briatore. Uh-huh. Both of them are good friends. Uh, I, I I don't believe any of this is an accident. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, there's a little bit of me thinks if because I personally think Fl- uh, Flavio Briatore probably still has a hand managing drivers at anywhere. You know, it's he's just sti- all... I think he still has some involvement in Alonso, doesn't he? If, yeah. if personal, not necessarily drivery. Yeah, I think he's got would... he's got the negatives or something. <laughs> But it, it would make sense to me that if there was some sort of mutual management thing going on between Alonso, Weber, and Piastri, Weber manages that, Piastri. Yeah, that yeah, no, I know, I know Weber manages Piastri. That's for me. But it would make sense to me that given how Alonso left Alpine, he purposely dragged it out <laughs> so Piastri would fall out of contract and go and do what he wanted to do. Well, I mean, the room, the rumours were that Piastri was going to be on loan to Williams for a season or two. Mm. Um, and apparently Weber didn't want that because... Williams. Well, because Williams at the minute. And he's been there. He, <laughs> he was there in, in, a more, in a more competitive Williams, I might add. Yeah. Um, so that left Piastri saying, actually, no, I'm not going to Alpine. Um, Alpine are now threatening all kinds of legal action. But the problem is, the Contract Recognition Board um, have said everything seems in order. If he's out of contract, he's out of contract. That's kind of out of contract. So one of the things that Autosport suggested that um, Alpine might do is um, actually sue him for all his development costs. Because part of his contract was to get um, a certain amount of testing mileage, which obviously the team had paid for, and now they find themselves out of pocket because it was training for his next job. Uh, That feels like, yeah, it feels like unless there is something in your contract at the point of training that says this is an investment in your like future within this company, then... Yeah. No. Yeah. That's had, if, not how that works. You know, there, there was obviously some kind of option available, or golden handcuffs deal, which didn't come to fruition. It's a bit gross, and this is one of the things I don't like about the, like the driver academy stuff. We've mm. seen it so often now, where you'll get a young driver that is either is trapped in a team. I like when Jensen wanted to move back to Williams from uh, Honda. That worked out best in the end that he stayed where he was, um, but uh, we, we've seen it with like drivers just being stuck on the sidelines because if they don't get to drive a Ferrari, they're not allowed to drive a, a car, and it, it just seems silly. You know, it's, 
there should be. I think there should be more teams treat their young drivers like Mercedes did. Well, it's 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 not even the young drivers. I mean, how much was Kimi being paid not to drive for Ferrari for the for the years that he was out? I don't think Kimi minded. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think that they were that desperate uh, to get Alonso into that car. I feel if uh, if Kimi had wanted to drive, he could have negotiated his way out into another team as well. Mm-hmm. I think he was quite happy to sit back and rally for a year. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, with some of the um, with some of the young driver programs, it does it does get a bit um, it does get a bit restrictive, and then you get chucked out. I mean, Callum Eilert was meant to be you know the yep. the next great Ferrari hope, mm. and he's now in IndyCar, and Ferrari have cut all ties with him. Soon, soon, soon as they signed Carlos, he was he was gone. Yeah, uh, that's a, it's the nature of Formula One, isn't it? Where oh, you've got. Yeah. You've you've only got so many seats and mm. you've got lots of drivers, but I think that's what makes it ex- exceptionally and and, and a couple of and a couple of Canadians and a couple of Canadians. <laughs> but it's what makes it sort of exceptionally weird when you have people that should get a chance in Formula One mm-hmm. but don't get a chance in Formula One because of like contract finagling and you, you know it's the. Uh, Nick DeVries, I think, is an, is a, is a good yep. example of it. You know, he's he's a guy that he. I mean, he still might find his way into Formula One yet. We don't know, but mm. well, he, he should he should have been there by yeah, now. He beat Latifi to the F two title, and Latifi got a seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, he's the Williams test driver. Um, just won the Formula E championship. Last well, won the Formula E championship last year. Sorry, I was going to say mm-hmm. Van yeah. Dorn has just won. Stoffel's just won the Formula E championship. Um, doesn't you which know. It shows just how how fucking important the Formula Yeah, what is it? It's like the third is. the third motorsports world champion to win a title after winning only one race in a season or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Did he only win run one race? Uh huh. Formula E is shit. <laughs> 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 oh. well, that must say well, that, that must say by the by the same metrics. Keki Rosberg was. I was going to say it's him, Keki Rosberg, and someone else. I can't remember who the other one is. There's another. But there was there was like five Grand Prix back in Keki Rosberg's time, and forty five drivers. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is true. <laughs> yeah, but twenty three of them had to get had to get up at five o'clock on Friday morning to see who made it into qualifying. <laughs> 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 no, I, I just don't understand like uh, anyone still watching Formula E just what are you fucking doing with your life and how do you get so much time <laughs> <laughs> so I mean yeah both both the Mercedes Formula E drivers and McLaren rejects and are they going to be employable next season by McLaren who are taking the team over that's McLaren not McLaren are work. buying all the Americans <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've we've got that situation as well because McLaren keep buying drivers in America um, and haven't decided where they're going to put them at the moment. They've got a Rosenqvist going spare, who's going mm. who's going to be in some kind of car. Makes it yeah, it does make you wonder who's going to move away because I mean, you've got you've got to think if if McLaren tie Piastri in for a few years and and th- this is the crazy thing. We're talking about Piastri, or maybe maybe not us talking about Piastri, but people and news outlets and uh, like F1 pundits are talking about Piastri like he's a 100% sure thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's going to come in and he's going to be fucking awesome. 
with no fucking idea. The thing, no, is, I, the thing is, that's what people said about Nick Heidfeld. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it might not be I, the comparison <laughs> Mr. Biastri wants. That. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I would say is is that from from Piastri's, because he was he would have come up through junior formulas with uh, George Russell and um, Lando Norris, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was a year or two behind them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he came through uh, British Formula 3 sort of at the same time as uh, Logan Sargent, who's in F2. Mm. Uh, Christian Lungard, I think, might have been floating around the same time as well. Sort of that that ilk. Yeah, because there has been like a a pretty strong crop of drivers, hasn't mm-hmm. there, come from, from that sort of... Within within like four years apart yeah. of each other that, that have had a pretty good hit rate as far as coming into Formula 1 doing well. So I suppose if you've got a, if you're going to put them up against that, maybe 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 there's there's ch- uh, some optimism. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking it, at the I'm looking at the 20, 2019 um, Formula Renault Euro Cup, which mm-hmm. Piastri won, and to all intents and purposes, it looks like the F2 grid over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle Collette, uh, Gregoire Saucy, still one of oh, the best these, names in the Formula. These two are both still mm. in F3. Yeah, uh, Victor Martins, F3, Amory Cordiel. Not sure where he's floating around. At the uh, Leo Larandi. No idea who that is. Um, keeps turning up in F two and F three. Okay. Uh, Kush Miney. F three. Uh, Sembolk Bassi. Back of the grid in F two. Yes, F two. Back from a ban in F two. Yeah. Uh, Franco Colapinto. Yes. All of these sound like football managers. And of course, the great Alessio Deleda. Fucking hell. He sounds like a footballer. That's saying that Piastri won from that crowd is, I think, not the high praise it could be perceived yeah. to be. That's mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. I'll That's, be perfectly honest. I know none of those names. No, Victor Martins is prob might yeah might do all right, but yeah, no, the rest of them less so. Hmm. Well, looks like we're going to see next year. I mean, he's 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 done well. Like you know, when you consider, uh, he was kind of spoiled a bit in the end. You know, with with what was looking like a choice between Alpine and um, Alpine and Williams. And McLaren. Mm. Well, no, Alpine, Alpine, McLaren, Alpine, Alpine yeah. and Williams. So we chose McLaren. <laughs> yeah, um, but I tell you what. Again, though, we talk about you talk about the toxic atmosphere at um, uh, Austin Martin. What does that say about um, Alpine when you have a guy like Alonso that doesn't want to be there, wants mm-hmm. to go, and a junior driver that is, turns down the team which was going to get him into Formula One to go to another team, which is, I mean, on paper at the minute, a lower team. It's a huge lack of communication as well, isn't it? That They just have no idea what the comings and goings are in their own team. Mm. Mm. It's mad. Yeah. I mean, who's the um, who's the Alpine boss now? Otmar and someone else, isn't there's, it? Yeah, there's, there's, the guy, there's the guy they got from MotoGP, whose name completely eludes me. Yeah, I know. There's... He was Suzuki. Suzuki from MotoGP, yes. was he? Yes. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Uh, Somebody... There's Laurent Rossi. Laurent Rossi is not the MotoGP guy, but yeah, he's the guy who's usually sort of floating around. Mar- Marcin Budkowski, is that 
one of theirs as well. Uh, another one, uh, Davide Brivio. Davide Brivio is the one they got from MotoGP. Hmm. See, it's it it it, it feels. I feel like this is proving the yeah, point I was going to make. Too many managers. Too many managers, and also not that one strong team figure. Mm, yeah, there is. No, I could not tell you who the the boss boss is. Yeah, yeah. Ma- uh, Masan Budkowski is the executive director, whatever the fuck that is. Hasn't hasn't got a role, but has got shares or something, or is mates with the chairman. Yeah, oh, Formula One teams shouldn't he, have non-executive chairman. Apparently, he left. I missed that entirely that he had left. I don't know. I mean, the last the last non-executive chairman of the Formula One team that I could name was Nicky Lauda, and he didn't do a bad job. What did? He, what was a Nicky Lauda? Don't get me wrong. Love the man. Glad he was on the grid. I'm still not sure what a Nicky Lauda was for. Turned up and terrified the hell out of people. I think. Good. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, he just had that very sort of imposing vibe about him, didn't he? You didn't yeah. want to... Whatever he was there doing, you didn't want to fuck with him. Mm. And one hell, of a line, I, one hell of a line in red hats. Yes. I do feel he's missed, actually, So even even with my joke. With the Him and Toto did seem to be a decent pairing together, mm. didn't they? Yeah, I think, I think they, worked, they worked pretty well together because, I mean, Toto's a money and business and a bit of racing. Mm. Yeah. Lauda was um, technical and business and a lot of racing. And between mm. them, they had lots of technical, lots of business and lots of racing. Yeah, because, well, yeah. Lauda was not in any way sort of the politics guy or the PR guy. He just like, mm. y- you heard what he was thinking and that was that. Yeah. You know, he went in as Chief Nicky Lauda. Yes. <laughs> oh, as we found out at Liverpool Airport two weeks ago, Lauda Air is still going. There was one of their planes on the tarmac next to ours. Well, it's livery, it's oh, cool. I will put I will post that photo. I meant I meant to do it, but I was busy getting on the plane at the yes. time. Uh, so that leaves Danny Ricardo. Who it looks like um he's done at McLaren. It's looking that way, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean uh the it it's been my new point of um contention with f one uh f one twitter since this happened is that the same people that forgot that Vettel has been shit for the past five years have forgot that Daniel Ricardo has been shit for the past two is it the car or is it no, him, what, is it a combination of him and the car not getting on that's that has to be it. Mm. It's uh, I I don't believe Daniel Ricciardo's forgotten how to drive. I certainly don't want him to fall out of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Um, but the you know Lando's fucking done him. Like and it, even that one win, like the, the that fucking diamond in amongst a pile of shit. Mm. Um, if Lando hadn't have radioed in and said, "Is it best for the team if I stay where I am?" before he was told to do so for the team, Lando would have had. Ricardo, he was quicker. I mean, it was such a such an oddity of a race, but yeah, I think he probably was. Yeah. But the um, so. the whole the whole thing with Ricardo, I mean, now it's two years at McLaren and it hasn't worked. Yeah, I think it is just best for everyone that they just have a look. It doesn't work. It's a bad fit. You can have a good car and a good tri- driver that just don't get on. Mm. And they just, yeah, they need to 
separate it. Is he going to end up being Alonso's replacement at Alpine? <sighs> oh god, I, keep, I, I kind of forget that the Alpine seat is actually unresolved in the, this yeah. whole shit show. You know, if, if, if they end up without Piastri, they're going to need to get another driver in there. And the one ca- they can plug in. Yeah, but they can't do what they always do every time they need a driver and get Alonso back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we can't use Plan D? <laughs> you know, I, could, I can just imagine the board meeting at Alpine. It's like, right, okay, things have got screwed up. We've got a vacant seat. Oh, Fernando will come back. That won't be a problem. <laughs> like, we'll ring him. Why has he changed his number? <laughs> so, Incidentally, Ricardo did post a picture, sort of like a, a sort of post summer holidaysy picture, um, where he was with a McLaren, but it just happened to be an Alpine blue McLaren. I think you push. I think you you you're clutching. I am. But I'm, I'm going to go with it anyway. Cause we're, <laughs> we're, here we are. Now he's had he's had his best results with Renault engines. He's had most of his results with Renault engines. Exactly. So he knows what he's getting. Mm, um, but, but if not him, who? <laughs> Jensen Button threw his, threw yes, his name in. That's very true. Media. He's offered. <laughs> not going to lie, I feel the way Ricardo's doing. I don't think. I, I think it's the same size gamble if they were going to give Button one year contract. Who else could you have? You could have Hulkenberg. He's always available. Oh, Hulkenberg or Ricardo? There's one. I don't know what I'd go for there. Yeah. The potential, the potential of Ricardo is better, but we haven't seen that Ricardo now for two. Well, I mean, realistically, we haven't seen Ricardo Ricardo since Red Bull, even mm. though the last sort of the last like couple of days at Renault turned out okay, didn't it? Mm. Um, there's no indication that Ricardo has his head around these new regulations either. So, I. I, I do. I think this is the end of his career. If he if he gets into Alpine, he's f- so lucky, <laughs> and he needs to work so fucking hard. Uh, I mean, he could, he could turn up in supercars with Michael Massey. Well, well yes. maybe. Yeah, Massey is rumored to be um, joining the um, supercar series. And what else? What else could you have at Alpine? You could have. I mean, you can go back to Nick De Vries. We were talking about him earlier. Yeah, um, Stoffel, perhaps. Stoffel is interesting. You could have um, Pierre Gasly and then let Red Bull just bring in whoever's next. I think it's Liam Lawson. It could be one of about 30. Just want to quickly talk about um, somebody who we're partnering with at the minute. Um, It's a product that I've actually started using every day, um, AG1. And I started taking it basically because... I was looking for um, sort of slightly better gut health because it's something that everyone struggled with from time to time and I just thought I'm, uh, I'm going to give this a go and I didn't want to be taking loads of different supplements every day. So with this, um, it's just one scoop in uh, a cup of water and you're getting 75 different high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics and something called adaptogens which apparently, I don't know, judging by the word, I've never heard of it before, they can adapt to your juns. And we all need our juns adapting. Um, it's something good to take in the morning, because it gets, sort of kicks you off a little bit during the day, and um, does tend to uh, does tend to wake you up a bit without, um, without going for excess caffeine. 
Um, good thing about it is it's lifestyle friendly. So whatever diet you're on at the moment, there's a lot of those keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, minerals only, God knows what. It fits in with every kind of diet and it's not chock full of sugar. So that actually works um, works quite well. They describe it as a micro habit with big benefits. I've never come across a micro habit before, but yeah, it's like you get into the habit of um, taking it every morning, and um, it's one thing that you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And the good thing is, it's actually cheaper than going out and getting coffee. Now, I like I like my coffee, but I'm prepared to sacrifice one cup per a day. Um, the price works out less than. I'm going to do this in traditional Patreon style. Three dollars, three euros, or three pounds. It's cheap. It's cheaper than that. Um, what more can you really say about this? I mean, it's had five star reviews across every single platform. It's recommended by professional athletes, and if you go on the website itself, you will see um, a Formula One driver that you're aware of who um, uses and recommends the product. So, to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you've got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash Formula One, and that's F-O-R-M-U-L-A-O-N-E, um, just to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Oh, a background noise. Sorry, I'm trying to stop it. Ah, it's an alarm. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> At eight forty-two, that's a, an intriguing time for an alarm. <laughs> Is that the? Um, if I haven't talked about Fernando for ten minutes at this point in the podcast, mention al- mention Fernando alarm. So Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean the the one interesting thing that's come out of all of this is that. Um, Vettel has potentially saved Nicholas Latifi's career. I don't know if we're, if that's a that's a, a positive or a negative. It's or a thing. A, it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. It's an entity. It's something that may have happened. Uh, it might be that Williams generally want a clear out. Who's winning F two? It's Felipe Drugovic, isn't it? Yeah, who, who is, is completely unassigned. Yeah, but Williams have got Logan Sargent, who's in second. Yes. And will get the super license points if he finishes in the top five. And brings in the American fan base. Fuck yeah. Now with having 95 races a week in America. I'd like to see Logan Sargent get in because he's got a cool name. It is a good name. But, yeah, I mean, first, first American on the grid since Alex Rossi, who has done all right for himself in, uh, in IndyCar. Yeah, and now, uh, and now McLaren, was now, now McLaren own him. Mm. Alex Rossi was unfortunate. He was he was knocking on the door of Formula. He was another one that found it really difficult to get in, wasn't mm. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of floating no. around as a sort of backmarker test driver for a couple of seasons, mm. and then gets a drive, but it's a shoebox with a wheel on three out of four corners. Yeah, yeah. You might need to do something about what I think is no, going to happen I'm between keep, I'm those monitoring, cats. I'm monitoring the podcast situation. It's fine at the moment. There is currently yeah. no humping. It's just yeah, face cats. washing. Cats. Just face washing. Fucking are they? Just face washing. <laughs> Foreplay. So, yeah, um, Williams may be looking at Logan Sargent, but apparently they're undecided as to whether he's going to be ready or not because it's his first season in F2. 
so they may want to keep him there longer. Well, this is the Nicholas to Latifi approach, leave him there until everyone more talented's got promoted already. But what I don't get with the whole Drogovic situation, why are none of the teams out for him? The guy's fast, he's talented. He wins races. He's leading a championship. Yeah, I am very surprised no one has claimed him. It is strange. You know, is his dad in the Brazilian Mafia? Mate of Bernie's? Um, Owns a car spares company in Brazil, we know that much. But, yeah, that is a weird one. So, at the moment, all we know is there's definitely one seat that may or may not have been taken. And one driver change. But aside from that, it's pretty much all all go. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's great when everything's confirmed. Lee, are you still there? You've gone very quiet. No, I'm here. <laughs> I am here. Yeah. <laughs> I was there, I was just listening. <laughs> just soaking it all yeah, in. Yeah, you sounded like you were coming back from the kitchen. <laughs> no, no, no. The uh, I, I, I just, you just won't talk about Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> Because we know what he's doing. He is sorted. So, of course, then, then the other thing that happened during that week was Alex Alban was confirmed with his permission. Mm. Oh, I'd sort of forgotten about that. Poor Alban. Yeah, it, it, it kind of got, it, into, it into got lost, in, lost in the background noise. So he put out a press release with more or less the same wording as the Piastri one, but uh, <laughs> changing it to, with my permission, Williams have said that I'll be driving for them next year, and this is 100% accurate. I will. <laughs> You know, I think that's good for him because he he's got a lot out of the car and he seems he seems to be a lot more um, in tune with being in F one than he was with all the pressure that comes with being at Red Bull. There's a bit more sort I of think... personality about him as well, I think, isn't it? I think he seems a bit more himself. He dyed his hair red. Yes, it's lucky. Mm. I I feel I, I feel that was like a that that'll be looked back. Album will look back on that hair as a as a mistake, I believe. But I think he'd be back in a Red Bull. Um, I, 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 I don't regret my purple perm days. Mm. <laughs> okay. I think there's a time limit uh, on how long you can keep the red hair before it becomes a bit of a sort of mm, novelty. Yeah, I think it's it's got a lifespan. I think we're I don't think we're far off the expiration on the the red the red Alex. I, I think the only one that the only Formula One driver that like played it like wild and loose with hair where that look that ended up looking cool was Jacques Villeneuve I don't know Ble- the, bleach, the ble- bleach blonde Jacques Villeneuve was cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, Canadian surf bomb it just it, those words don't naturally mesh together that but it worked it was so right you know snowboarder yeah maybe <laughs> so I think I think that's just about covered Mad Week, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think did so. We, did we miss anything else? <laughs> Are we got we got to make a bold prediction on the Alpine seat. Who we think will go there? Um, it's going to be a choice between Ricardo and Hulk. Yeah, no, I I'm going to go I, Gasly. I don't know why. I've just got a Gasly vibe. I think Ooh. he's already been confirmed for next year at AlphaTauri. Yeah, Franz Tost has confirmed him, though. I mean, I don't think pen to paper happened. I think Franz Tost just claimed him. Right, okay. That, that wouldn't be the first he, time. Yeah, he announced it in an interview with Sky. Alpha Tori have not actually put out anything to say, yes, we're keeping him for next year. 
Mm. They might have done, but That'd it could be a good move. It, it could have got buried within Mad Week. No, no, I thought I'm hundred. <laughs> I'm like ninety nine percent certain that has not formally here as a press release been announced. Yeah, that'd be a good move from because the Alpha Terry. I think Red Bull need to fucking sell that team. Well, they keep they keep trying. Don't don't forget mm. that you know they nearly sold it to um, Berger and Alacy, and then yeah. the pair of them sobered up and got Bonnie's remorse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the I mean the other seat that's going to be going free is Williams. Are they, are they going to keep Latifi? Are they going to bring Sergeant in? Are we going to see Nick DeVries? I think it's going to be either Sergeant or DeVries. I think I mean probably DeVries to be honest with the Mercedes hookup. Yeah, yeah I'd, I think I'd, I'd like DeVries to get a go, but also if if Sergeant is ready, I think there's no point faffing about for a year. Mm. Permission to speak freely? No, never. We never do that here. Um, Devries's <laughs> head weirds me out a little bit. He he kind of looks like a Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google him because I can't I can't fully appreciate this in my sort of my mental just, image of his Nick head. DeVries. Just looks slightly too big for his body, and he's got a really big mouth as well. I mean, it doesn't help that when you Google him, the first photo that comes up is him in a very um, tight-fitting tux, so I think that's swelling his head anyway. No, 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 no. If anything, that tux is baggy. <laughs> I mean, is he going to fit in an F1 car next year? That's that's the question. Well, you don't have to fit your head in, do you? <laughs> but, he, but he's going to be going down the road. You remember that, that cartoony Formula 1 game they brought out where all the drivers have big heads? Yeah. That's what it'll look like. <laughs> what was that F1 race stars yeah that was it a terrible game yeah F1 meets um, Mario Kart only game only kart race which has ever got close to Mario Kart was Street Racer on the Playstation and everything else has failed yeah I can't argue with that actually apparently Kartcraft's good but that's not fun kart racing that is serious kart racing yeah no, that's not the not the same. No, if you want if you want serious racing, just do race sims. And mm. after clocking up many many hours this weekend, ninety minutes <laughs> ninety minutes on Friday, six and a half hours Saturday and Sunday doing Le Mans twenty four, and then another hour <laughs> last night. Which finish? Eighteenth, um, qualified twenty third. Uh, by an hour in, we were down to forty fourth because um, we got hit twice and I just um, had to spend about fifteen minutes in the pit, so we were five laps Gross. down. Um, but battled back to 18th. Fantastic performance by, and I'm going to uh, name check all the team here, um, Alex Axel. Now, this is the point where we all thought we all need to change our names just so that we've got A, X, E, and L in our names. But not. Um, Adam, Mark, and myself, and um, Jane doing the crew chiefing. Mm. And general spotter and all round help. Can I say cheerleader? Maybe, yeah. Um, You'd have to ask. Yeah, what, what wine drinker and bearing in bearing in bearing in mind. Try for the... <laughs> can I can I say can I say cheerleader? No, okay, wine drinker. She was <laughs> drinking wine, and she she had her first ever sausage roll this weekend. What? Apparently, they're not a big thing in Canada. She oh. had to drive forty five minutes to a bakery that did sausage rolls. I thought sausage what? roll was a fairly universal snack. It would appear that certainly in the um, in the Ontario area, wow. they are not. Well, you, you learn something new, don't you? 
But sausage, sausage rolls now have a new fan. So if Greg's ever opened a branch in Canada, she'll be the first one there. Um. Anyway, where where, where were we? Um. So yeah, that that's got to be the end of Mad Week with um with Alban signing. Yeah, I mean, it was a proper proper driver market move, mm. wasn't it? I like it when that happens. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was kind of the, the entire silly season happened in three days. Mm. Well, we've had a couple of them where where it's looked like some things have been going to happen. Like going into. Uh, last year, we thought because there, there was a load of contracts up for grabs, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And then, kind of, everyone sort of stayed where they were. It was only really, you know, Ferrari got Carlos in and George come in, and then everyone sort of stayed a bit staticky, didn't it they? It went early, didn't it? Last year, there was the yeah. Carlos and Ricardo stuff, and then the sort of Russell Bottas Kimi stuff came post summer break. It was mm. sort of mm. it was at kind of the extreme ends. Yes, because if you believe Drive to Survive, George got told in um, Italy that he was. No going to be driving in a Mercedes. I mean, do you know, it's really pissing me off Drive to Survive now. <laughs> I've really I've really had enough of it and I, I and I blame I blame Drive to Survive for ninety five percent of the Formula One fans I don't like now. The ones that <laughs> the ones that the, you can tell the ones that don't watch Formula One but still feel the need to comment on it on uh, on Facebook just like they would comment on keeping up with the Kardashians, they've they don't even realise there's a support, there's a whole sport around their reality TV show. Keeping up with the Kardashians, love that. Oh, why why have Netflix that. not called it that? Firstly, I don't know, but we're nicking that. That's the title of this. <laughs> that's the title of this week's show. <laughs> yeah, make sure we use it. Get make sure we use it. Get in the bag in case there's something else we can use it for in the future. <laughs> So, it looks like we're back, um, well, we are back to racing this weekend, but we're um, back to um, back to some news that's happened on a Monday as well. Well, I say, I say news, it's all, it's all about the participation. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes, we're going to see uh, Antonio Giovinazzi participating in an F1 weekend again. Well, actually, two of them. Um, he's doing FP1 for Haas in um, Monza and at Austin. Because Ferrari, assumedly, and they want to shift... Ferrari have obviously decided they want an Italian Mm. involved at Monza, but not in one of their own cars. Would you? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if Ferrari can afford to be too picky this year, but hey-ho. Yeah, what if they put an Italian in one of the cars and he makes the strategy look good? Good lord. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll be seeing Joe Bonazzi back. Now, the, the rumour is this may be an audition for him to replace Mick Schumacher next year because even though Schumacher has improved, um, he may well be on his way out. We could see him in a Williams. Yes. Mm. Replacing Schumacher, and I've not been the biggest proponent of Schumacher. You don't but replacing say. Him with, no, but replacing him with Giovinazzi is a bold it does. Move. It doesn't feel like a trade-up, does it? No. Yeah, it's like, I'll swap you my cheese sandwich for your identical cheese sandwich. Yeah, I feel like some of the names we've bandied around already, like a Hulkenberg or a DeVries, might be Ex- preferable to a Giovanazzi. Exciting? Mm. Well, just in, ca- in comparison. You know, you know exactly what you've got with a Giovanazzi, don't you? You've got someone who will pootle around in about 12th or 13th and do yeah. fuck all else. 
Whereas you don't know what you're getting with a DeVries, and with a Hulkenberg, you've probably got someone who's going to be a few places further up the road. Fifth. Fifth might be ambitious for Haas, <laughs> but... <laughs> So yeah, it's yeah, it, it's obviously some kind of marketing move, just to get just to get him in the car. But yeah, getting getting rid of getting rid of Schumacher. Um, I don't know because he has he had improved before the summer break. It's tricky, isn't it? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's done sort of badly enough that we're thinking. Oh yeah, definitely get rid. But it does look like there probably are going to be better options. I mean, in the driver market, he's not his uncle, is he? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it's a shame. I think everybody wants to see um, like second generation drivers do well, don't we? Mm-hmm. We, you know, it's it's nice to see the name and stuff, but I, I, the, I, I the, can't the, I can't help yeah. think that. It was made easy for him to get to Formula One, and I I believe um, the like questionable uh, stories about him getting help in the lower formula, you know, like engine wise and stuff like that. It's it seems to look true now, doesn't it? Because he's being looked, he's being made to look mighty average by um, K Mike. K Mike, yeah. And uh, it's you know it's okay, I, I think came like a perfectly good driver, but he's never going to be anything more than the really good midfielder, is he? Mm. Someone, someone of sort of the K Mag quality should be kind of catchable for Sh- for Schumacher if he is the second coming. But yeah, it doesn't seem to. Yeah, every, everyone thought it was going to be Damon Damon Hill or um, Nico Rosberg, but well, he's better than Giuliano Alesi. Mm. Not hard. Who apparently was last in Super Formula at the weekend? That seems I haven't looked, but that seems like reasonable. Well, he was repeatedly last in um, in F two when he was in that. Yeah, Giuliano Alesi was not good. His dad had potential to be good. <laughs> Wrong car, wrong time, wrong place. Occasional lack of talent. So that that apparently is happening. So we'll um, we'll get to see some quality participation in those uh, those two FP ones. Um, <laughs> other bit of news today is Bernie Eccleston has pleaded not guilty to fraud for a um, undeclared trust fund, and that's all we can say on the matter. <laughs> yes, that's probably yeah, for the it's best. not Formula One reserve related, and he's. Not Formula One related anymore, is he? This is true. No, that is that. I think he. I think he'd like to think he is, but he's not even. What was it they called him? Chairman Emeritus. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I don't. Don't really care about the man. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit when I saw it, I saw that he'd pleaded not guilty. Flash up on on the BBC News before. I was kind of like, eh. They'll probably they'll probably have something to say at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, woo. And talking of the weekend, F one is back, and we are back at Spa for what I hope isn't the last time. Mm. I feel like it always looks like it's going to be the last time at Spa. Like Spa just does this with its contract. Yeah, but with all the with all the new races that mm-hmm. F one now want to bring in on, you know, mod- modified street circuits in I don't know Kathmandu and um, mm. <laughs> you know, Reykjavik. 
We tried to start that rumour of the Icelandic Grand Prix, didn't we? Um, yeah, so Spa may Spa may be the one that suffers. There's the um, there's the rumour that it's going to do alternate years with uh, with Paul Ricard. I mean, the downside of that is it does alternate years with Paul Ricard. Yeah, <laughs> it's a shame, isn't it? I, 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 if there's any circuit, I'd, I'd watch any circuit go instead of that. Like it's the. It's the best circuit on the grid, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been talk of it being the last Monaco. I I wouldn't miss the race there. Now, apparently the event is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, I've never been to the event, so I couldn't say. All I know about Monaco is the race. Yeah, I mean... And Formula One has, Formula One has outgrown the circuit. However, with Spa... Formula One definitely hasn't outgrown it, and that is still a, that is still a great track for actual racing. Mm. It's a problem, isn't it? I mean, there is something special and about um, Monaco, uh, and I, I can't remember what changed my mind about about whether Monaco should be on the grid. Is I can't remember who was talking about it, but they said something along the lines of. You know, we have 22, race, 22 races a year. When Monaco goes, something like that isn't coming back to Formula 1. It'll never happen again. So is it not worth preserving it, knowing that you have the opportunity for another 21 good races during the year? It's not, you know, to, to keep that heritage and to keep that, um, that driver test I mean, even if it's not an overtaking test, it is. It is still a fucking mission to get a, a Formula One car around those streets for an entire race distance. Is it worth putting up with a dull hour and a half, a half on a Sunday afternoon or two? two it's nearly two hours, isn't it? It's a, it's a long mm. one. Mm. But let's we'll say an hour and a half. Is it not worth just putting up with? A dull hour and a half on a Sunday because what we do get from Monaco is a fucking good qualifying usually. <laughs> Admittedly, um, yeah, that is usually the best the yeah. best part of the weekend from a viewing perspective. And not not just from a view, viewing a viewing perspective, just just from that race weekend. Monaco is consistently one of the best qualifying sessions of the year, and I think that's forgotten quite a lot. Um. So yeah, I just think it's worth when you consider the amount of races. Maybe back in the day when we had like sixteen races or, and fewer, and it was a procession. I think the case was stronger to get rid of Monaco. But when we've got so many races anyway, it's a, it's the horse trams on Douglas Promenade. It's a faff, <laughs> but it's worth keeping around. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see as well with Monaco if they try anything once they finish this big like land reclamation extension thing because they would potentially have potential to add a bit to the track which if they can make it the overtaking section you get then one overtaking spot's all you need isn't it that's that's it that's all you need an option Um, so yeah if they can if they can craft this new bit of land that they're building and not fill it with sort of all the all the apartments and the yachts and whatnot, and just have a slightly wider bit of track. They could fix all the problems, and mm. still have the tunnel and the rich people on their yachts and all the other stuff that comes with Monaco. Yeah, renting an, apa- need... renting an apartment for the afternoon for nine thousand dollars. 
Yes. All you really need is either a, is a straight, which is big enough to use DRS on, mm-hmm. or something with a proper braking zone, like an, a, a wide part of the circuit. Mm. I can't help think. I mean, I know obviously. I, I don't know where they're reclaiming the at. Are they are they reclaiming it by the tunnel? Yeah, it's, it's sort of by the entrance into the tunnel, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so as, as, as you come out of Portier, um, it's sort of what you'd be driving towards before you do the right to go to the tunnel. Right. So it's it's all so, around there. That's that's why there's been the um, hoardings with the with the fake seascape painted on. So as long as like I mean, you know, the one that um, Jensen punted uh, Verline into. Yeah, yeah. See, if I was trying, if I was going to be sneaky, and because obviously they, go, they, they like the tunnel's pretty iconic coming down that hill, I'd fucking move the tunnel. I just, I'd bring the the circuit down from that reclaimed land down towards the hairpin, because you've got loads of room there. You can make, you could you could have the hairpin instead of it being a, uh, le- a right a left into a right. You could make a right into a left, like coming down that that you 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 would have a nice big long straight where you could use DRS in and a braking zone into your new made corner, which was the hairpin, and then I just move a like that un like the tunnel section to the new piece of road. So as far as for for people watching on the circuit and like for television and stuff, it still looks like they're going through the tunnel it's just the tunnel is 50 feet a different direction <laughs> problem is i'd have to kind of move the hotel that's on top of it as well no you'd see you could still keep all that stuff but i'm just saying i would i would close off the new section so uh, just so so the cars were still going through a tunnel and then maybe it would uh it would like placate the f1 twitter karens from fucking losing their minds <laughs> about because you know it's going to happen everybody hates monaco until it's gone there's good then everyone that's complained about monaco for the last hundred and fifty thousand years will be complaining it's gone <laughs> some people just like to complain i i i'm partial myself but there's a fucking point where you gotta stop you promise i'm complaining about <laughs> complaining <laughs> And of course, what is going to be replacing um, one of one of the races that is under threat? Because it looks like it's going to be Kai Alami coming back for the first time since nineteen ninety two. So yeah, for, first race in Africa for uh, quite some time. That's, mm. I mean, at the moment, That'd it's be cool. at the moment it's the only continent without a race, unless you count Antarctica. Ice race. <laughs> no. And, my money's on Kimmy for that one. <laughs> and uh, China may be coming back next year, depending on um, a variety of things. Yes. Although, to be honest, I've never been a fan of the China circuit. It's one of no, those, isn't it? You occasionally get the odd bit of action, but it's it's not a banker, is it? It's not a, like, ooh, the Chinese Grand Prix, it's all going to go off. Yeah. Now, if they were talking about bringing, uh, bringing Sepang back... I'd be all in on that. Yeah, we like a bit of Sepang. But, I don't know, China. Have we missed the Chinese Grand Prix? Not really. No, I can't but, say as I missed it. No, I mean, 
Um, realistically, it's got horrendous human rights, viola- rights violations, so it's almost guaranteed a Formula One race. I was going to say, if you, if you kicked all the ones with human rights violations off the calendar, it'd be quite a short calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Silverstone would be one of the early ones to go. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost like that re we races one thing is fucking bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> so what do we reckon for uh, for Belgium this weekend? George Russell win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, for obviously there's going to be um, not a great deal in the way of upgrades because all the factories had to do that two week shutdown mm-hmm. and. Sure, there was a couple of USBs went home. People <laughs> fucking three D printing front wings in their living room. Is this like salary cap though? If you can, if you can claim it was something else, and then oh look, I found an F one application for it. It doesn't count. <laughs> we're doing a hypercar, honest. Mm. Yes. Oh look, it just happens to be a rear wing for an F one car. <laughs> They, they use the same wing. Oh, that that was the thing about Aston Martin. They they don't know if they're going to be able to run the revolutionary new rear wing for the rest of the year because they might not be able to afford it under the salary cap. Because mm. it means modifying all the um, all the rear wings that they've got, which apparently would cost too much. I mean, they've got the money because Lauren Stroll has all the money, mm-hmm. but they're not gonna, not going to be allowed to spend it. I just don't know how I feel about that sort of thing. It's I get why the salary cap's there, but then if it, if it stifles fucking performance, that's there. You know, it's we've got this thing, we can make it, but and we've even got the we've got the money to make it, but we're just not allowed. Doesn't sound like Formula One, does it? Not in the traditional sense, no. It's. Yeah, it's an extension of the old development points, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And what do points make? No one ever quite found out. But prizes, according to Brucey. <laughs> hmm. um, so you reckon a George Russell win then? I think Mercedes are gonna uh, are gonna come out punching the last half of the season. I think I don't I don't know if they're gonna be on par with Red Bull, but I think they might they might be a fucker for Ferrari. Well, I mean, the current rumour that's doing the rounds and has been for a while, obviously the, the new floor regulations on flexibility come in for this mm-hmm. weekend. Now, the rumour that's been doing the rounds is that Checo has been previously running the floor to the regulations that will be in from yes. this week, and Max hasn't. Yeah, makes a lot of sense as well when you look at where his performance has mm. gone. Yeah, the last couple of races before the break, there was mm. a sort of a drop-off. And he has been back there with the Mercedes, hasn't he? Yeah, although the, although Mercedes have improved at the same time, so they've kind of caught each other a little bit. Mm. <coughs> but I take it the, the 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 talk is that as far as the flexible floor goes, Mercedes aren't impacted by this in the slightest, are they? So what they had going into summer break is what they're going to have in Belgium. By all accounts, yes. <laughs> and it's Red Bull and Ferrari that appear to um, be in the most... I want to say danger, but in the most grey area. They've got the most mm. to lose, I think, haven't yeah. they? I think that's always going to happen, isn't it? If you're if if you've got the best car, which is exploiting the rules to the to like to the nth degree, then any changes in that, you know, they're gonna they're gonna hurt, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you know that's that's going to kill you the most because I mean, look at um, look at how the first season of Mercedes was when the um, 
well, when everyone had the um, double and blown diffusers, mm. after Braun came up with it, all of a sudden you get caught up and there's nothing new that you can do with it. Um, everybody else catches and passes. Yeah. Um, at the risk of um, the the Hamilton uh, Hamilton fans killing me, uh, I think um, Max Verstappen is going to finish this season with the most race wins of any Formula One driver in history. Well, it is the longest season. You have to look at it as a percentage because, I mean, when Schumacher had dominant seasons, there were less races. So if you look at it as a percentage, I think yeah. that's that's the one that matters. Yeah, I think I think you. I know what you mean, but it's, we rarely do. You know, it's it's the same with with race wins. Yeah. You know, just career race wins. We we only ever look at the number of race wins people have. Not, we don't look at the, the percentage. Num- not the yeah. number of races. Yeah, number I mean, of I'm, yeah. positions. Number yeah. of yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm as gu- points. I'm as guilty. Points are, yeah. You get more points these days. I'm as guilty as anyone of this because you know I I keep going on about the football team I support being the first team ever to score over a hundred points in uh, the English league. Mm-hmm. And all right, it was the first season where it was three points for a win instead of two. So yes, they scored more points because there was more points available. Yeah, but no, I do. I think uh, I, th- I, I, I just can't see. I, I can't see Max having a bad end of the season and not just fucking winning a load of fucking trophies. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna do it. But the the, the whole four thing might might. Close things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, you know, the other ominous thing is, I mean, fair enough, Ferrari have Ferrari themselves to a certain extent. But um, by all counts, Max really isn't happy in this car. You know, it's, it's not on the front end, which he prefers. Uh, they'll probably fix this problem ne- next year. And like he's, he's really doing the business in a car. You know, when, when you look at Daniel Ricciardo, for instance, who isn't getting on with his car, and Max, which apparently isn't getting on with his, it's quite ominous that if Red Bull can sort those problems out for Max and give him a car that he actually wants to drive, I think he's going to take some stopping for a little bit. Yeah, this this could be the start of the new sort of domination era because you know we've had the um, the Schumacher, the Vettel, the Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it Max's turn to do four or five drivers' championships on the bounce? Yeah, I think the only, and obviously this is going to come with a lot of Christian Horner crying, but the only thing that might stop that, and which I think is a healthy thing to happen as well, is that Formula One's MO now appears to be, if if you're getting too far ahead, we're going to stop you. You know, they they have this mission in mind to try and squish the teams together and make it a more com- more competitive grid. Um, I think that's a healthy thing for Formula One. So maybe that might stop the dominance of one team. Unless it, unless one team is quicker to adapt than any of the others constantly. Oh, constantly uh, to uh, adapt quicker than the others. And the other thing is, uh, if a if you get if you get a like a closer grid. Well, you're still going to have your better teams. You're, you're still. I think realistically, what we can hope for is is that Ferrari 
Mercedes and Red Bull are all capable of winning races with the McLarens and Alpines and Aston Martins like in close close battle behind them, uh, if not breaking into the top three on certain years. Um, but the, if, if you have all the cars sort of leveled, it is only going to take one standout driver becoming, you know, it's be, becoming the Schumacher or Lewis Hamilton of that era. And then they will still dominate it because the cars are equal, but they're just doing a better job. Mm. And Max may well be that driver. I think so. Yeah, I, I do. I think he's, um, they, they had this conversation on the race this afternoon when I was listening to it, um, saying whether he's, he is, he's like poised to be one of the F1 greats. And I, I think he is in that, in, in that conversation though, they, 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 they have had, um, Mika Hakkinen as not one of the all time great formula one drivers in that conversation. That confused me greatly. Mm, yeah. Made, made me think somebody might just, just not have watched formula one in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Mika Hakkinen, um, he has something new coming out very soon. What? Which we'll be able to talk about more in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I think I vaguely know what you're talking about, yes. Yes, and Lee, I'll, I think you already know, but I'll remind you off air. Yeah, but please. Yeah, stay, um, stay tuned for that, because it's something we'll be definitely talking about over the next couple of weeks. Is it, a pop- Is it mine and Mika's sex tape? Is it a pop single to rival that of Jacques mm. Villeneuve? Oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping not. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the. Um, it was either the '98 or uh, '99 FIA gala. Somebody had recorded a song about Mika Hakkinen, and they got the FIA got the world's only official Mika Hakkinen lookalike to stand on stage and kind of vogue along with this song. Ooh. <laughs> the footage is out there and I've been looking for it on YouTube oh. and it hasn't turned up yet, but if I if anyone can find it, please let me know and we'll share it Everything. because this was just... Everything about about the world right now and about like what's happened over like the past 10 years everything makes me want to have a time machine to go back to the late 90s early 2000s <laughs> <laughs> just to see that yeah, well, just all of it. That's a fucking such a. What should we do? We've got a fucking Mick Hackenden like look like. We could have a mime. Great idea, John. Employee of the month. That's the fucking sort of attitude that happened back then. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really need to find this footage. Anyway, Lee, I know you've got to disappear because you're um, being kidnapped by aliens or getting probed or something. So quickly before yeah. you do, let's just do some top threes for uh, for this weekend. Fernando Alonso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyone, anyone going first? I thought uh, Lee had started by saying George Russell and then... George Russell, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton. Boom. Ooh. Sure? Uh, yeah, I'll go Verstappen, Russell, Sainz. Uh, Verstappen, Sainz, Perez for me. Ooh. If you want to do your own predictions, um, I will reactivate the um, prediction leagues. I haven't actually set Belgium up yet. I must do that as soon as we finish recording. Go to 3 um, Go to the game section, and the prediction league is up there. You get to predict the top three, 
pole position, fastest lap, um, will there be a safety car, and the number of um, not classified DNF DNSs. And uh, there's a league table running all season. If you want to help the show out, then um, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels, and you can donate from anything from one dollar, one euro, one pound, or you could um, you could even do what uh, what nice Pete has done this week, and he is very nice, Pete, and he's donating twenty pounds, uh, twenty dollars a month. That's very generous. What a guy! So, Pete Brown, we salute you. Um. If you want to get hold of us, email address for the old school types, three legs, four wheels at gmail.com, and we're at three legs, four wheels on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And individually on Twitter, we are at Sean Cowper, at a total shunt. I'm at Pablo100, and Flood is at Flood21. Um, right, I think that about, um, that about does it for this week. So we're back on schedule now, the holidays have happened. And we'll be back next week and we'll be talking about um, what's happened in Belgium and what's going to happen in Italy. Mm. Yes. So we will uh, will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.